Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. You know, we've been talking so much about whether it makes sense for our kids to go back and play high school sports in recent weeks and whether the time is finally right to move ahead or to wait a little longer until everyone is vaccinated. Well, I don't want to overlook the courageous individuals who have gone back to teaching in the classrooms and to the coaches who have returned to the gyms, the rinks, and the fields. And to that end, I got to thinking, These coaches in particular, especially those who are over the age of 50, well, they've all had to think long and hard about whether they were going to return. The more I thought about it, the more I decided the time had come to hear from an experienced high school coach, someone who has spent a lot of time in the coaching trenches over the years and has come back over the last few weeks to return to coaching a high school program in our area. And quite honestly, I also wanted someone who isn't afraid to speak up and to tell the truth. And that's what led me to my old friend, Coach X. Now, I want to interview him this morning because he's back coaching high school kids again. Now, if you recall, I've had Coach X on the show in recent years. I refer to him as Coach X because by not revealing his identity or where he coaches. He's always been able to tell us about the the current issues and any concerns when it comes to coaching high school varsity boys basketball players. And on this morning's show, I'm eager for Coach X to basically fill us in on what it's like to be an active coach during a pandemic. Now again, just a little background. Coach X is a longtime high school basketball coach Somewhere in our listening area, the public high school team where he coaches, well, they're back playing. They're both practicing and are playing varsity games. And on that note, let's bring in Coach X. Coach, good morning, and thanks, as always, for joining me. Good morning, Rick. Thanks for having me. Well, Coach, we've got a lot of ground to cover this morning. And, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff is going to be, quite frankly, 
to deal with the pandemic. I'll ask you some, some, uh, some personal questions about your decision to come back to coach, what the kids are like, what the parents are like, all these things, and you'll walk us through this. And, of course, friends, we'll, we'll take your calls and questions for Coach X at, at 877-337-6666. But let me just first start with the basics here, Coach. First of all, you are, in fact, over the age of 50, correct? That's correct. Okay, don't mean to rub that in, but I just want to make sure that you're not uh, somebody who's 18 or 22. And and how how long have you been uh, coaching high school uh, basketball? Uh, this is my 36th year of coaching basketball uh, at the high school level in different forms, but this is would be my 36th season involved in coaching. Okay, so you you've you've seen quite a bit over the years. When, when you discussed going back this season uh, to coach, and you talked this over uh, with your wife and with your kids, uh, because let's face it, uh, you know, anybody over the, the reason I ask about your age is because we know that the pandemic, with the pandemic and the virus, it, 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 it's not so much the kids who tend to be uh, affected, but it's the older people, the coaches, the teachers, that kind of stuff, when you had this discussion with your with your family, what was their reaction about your your, your coming back? Well, at first, uh, when the discussion started in early January, you know, at that point, we really didn't know if we were going to have a season, of it, and it didn't look like we were going to have a season. So it really, at that point, was just, well, it's a wait-and-see type of approach. Mm-hmm. And I actually did have an initial conversation with my physician at that point, and he said the same thing. Well, let's just wait and see what happens. And as things got closer, one of the things, the advantage, I'm not a teacher, but I obviously am, am working at a public high school, is that I, when the uh, vaccines were first made available to teachers and um, school staff, mm-hmm. I took that opportunity to get the vaccine. And I'm now I'm gl- so glad that I did. So just prior to our area being cleared to just back to normal open gym, like the typical preseason workouts, when we were given that clearance, that's when I got my first vaccine. So when it, it came time to make the choice to actually be in front of the kids, it made my choice a lot easier because I had at least two weeks of the first vaccine into my system. And trust me, I have a, a great support staff around me, uh, not only my doctor, but some family members who are in the medical field that were very, you know, uh, very adamant that without the vaccine, you know, what are you doing? And uh, but since I got the vaccine and it was clearly in my system prior to going, and that's quite frankly, when I contacted the school that I coach at and said, hey, I have the vaccine, and I'm the only one on the staff, and the only one on the staff currently still has the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get some open gyms going. And that started the ball, and and then uh, prior to our first game is when I got my sef- second vaccine. And so I felt very confident, as did my loved ones and uh, my physician, that I was not only protected, but also that I'm protecting, you know, close to 40 you know, high school students at the same time. And then another thing that I did prior to um, coaching my first day of formal practice was I made sure I had a negative test, and which I did. And um, once all that was in place, uh, I thought it was I was ready to return to the gym. 
talking with Coach X about what it's like to coach uh, high school basketball uh, during a pandemic. And it's the way you just ran through this, Coach, it sounds like you basically went through a pretty good checklist. Uh, the fact that uh, you've been vaccinated and you've had both shots um, and the fact that you just said you got you talked to your your physician uh, in advance. You talked to people in your own family who have medical background. Um, I mean, this was, you know, pretty interesting stuff. And you got tested. So, uh, but let me ask you this. If, if, you, if you decided that you wanted to go back and coach, first of all, I guess if you had not been vaccinated, you would not have done this, correct? I, I probably wouldn't have done it. Okay, what, did, did the school, the school where you coach, did they have any uh, uh, rules, guidelines uh, as to coaches coming back? Uh, in other words, if you had said, "Well, I'm coming back even though I'm not vaccinated," would they have said, "No, you can't"? Or they have they have certain protocols in place beyond the, you know wearing a mask and that kind of stuff. They said, "No, you can't come back." I mean, tell me about how that that conversation. So actually, no, there were no um, uh, formal discussions about that. There yeah. were no requirements. Um, I do believe that there was a requirement for us to take a coronavirus uh, preparation course on the NFH, NFHS website, yep. and it was a 20-minute information video, pretty common sense stuff, you know, about mask wearing and hand washing and things like that. I believe that was the only protocol besides the normal first aid CPR things that had to be in place. Um, but other than that, um, that was the only the only requirement that I that I know of. I mean, that strikes me as a little bit curious. And of course, we all know that there's just been mass confusion uh, over the last year or so about you know returning to to school and the coaching and so on and so forth. But it sounds like in this particular case, you took the bull by the horns and said, okay, I want to go back and coach again. That's the first thing. Number two is, um, we assuming that we're going to have a, a, a basketball season this year, which had to be decided in January, and it decided to move ahead, then you, you were able to get your, your, your vaccination, you were able to get tested, uh, and you're able to talk to your doctor, and everybody said, okay, now you're, you're good to go. Uh, did you have that conversation with uh, the school, with the, I don't know, the athletic director or anybody else? I mean, yeah, we, so um, there, where I coach, um, we have a, an excellent, you know, athletic director and he's uh, an assistant athletic director, lack of better terms. And we were in constant communication leading mm -hmm. up to this. And, and also, I want to be clear that once I returned to the building, even on a visit, um, that I was scanned, my temperature was scanned, and it is scanned every day when I mm -hmm. walk into the building. Right. Um, and I also have to fill out a health screener um, every day that I am in any facility. And since we're going seven days a week, um, I always, every morning when I wake up, I have to fill out a health screener. So those things um, are, are required before any of us, including the students, enter the, enter the building. But there are no... There no rapid testing being done, correct? No, not the uh, I, I. You know, we're six, ten, six or eight games into the season right now, and I haven't heard of anybody else doing that. But I'm sure there are places that are doing it, and I do remember we had a conversation about it, and I, I, I think that might have been the turning point where you know schools might have opted out because it's just so much pressure you're putting on on uh, a staff, now you're going to ask them to perform a medical uh, procedure of some sort, and or do we have to bring somebody in? And 
then you're talking about liability and all those type of things. So, uh, you know, I think our, our staff, and then we also have athletic trainer who's there and he is very well versed on everything mm-hmm. related to the, to the coronavirus and the protocol. And I think, you know, with all of that in place, um, you know, I think that was the best protocol for, for, for such a short turnaround. And I don't think we skipped any steps. But I think, given all the parameters we were handed by the by the state, I think that we were able to get it started, and all the and all the other schools were as well. And to get it started and be safe has been a tremendous accomplishment. I just want to underscore you mentioned about. I asked about uh, rapid testing, and uh, you mentioned all the various uh, hoops and hurdles that have to be overcome to do rapid testing. The one thing that uh, in particular that always seems to be a sticking point is that they are very expensive. Uh, You know, we talk all the time about the dichotomy between, you know, the the pro leagues uh, who have the money to do rapid testing of their their athletes. And even in the, 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 the big five, the power five college conferences, they have the wherewithal to test their athletes, you know, two, three, four times a week. But the local high school level, uh, that that kind of financial obligation is 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 uh, is hard to overcome. So I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying about all the various uh, other protocols that are put in place. In fact, Coach, just walk walk me through when you came back and the, and the kids came back to have the first varsity practice. Um, and and you know you guys you sit down, you talk to the players at the start, and talk about this is going to be a very uh, shortened season. It's going to be a very tight ship. We're going to have to move quickly through practices. Uh, tell us, tell us how that all went down during the first uh, couple of practices. Because I mean, for one thing, you're you're also trying to pick out your team and do cuts as well. But tell us how this all went down with the kids. So uh, you know, uh, the the actually the biggest problem that we've had, and it started right literally on day one, was Mother Nature. And, you know, that delayed the start of, of our formal workouts right away. So yep. that delayed it. So then once we finally got them in the building, um, and you're right, we had, we're fortunate enough that we have enough kids trying out for varsity and JV that we we would have to size the teams. And so we just laid it out very clearly to start with that these this is the number we're going to go with and why. And on both varsity and JV, and that you all be giving the normal amount of time uh, to try out for the team, which is normally at least three days, um, and that the expectation is that you're going to be respectful of of the situation about mask wearing, hand washing, and then also carry that through to your personal life. Uh, you know, we have a Super Bowl in there and the Super Bowl parties and things like that. And then how are you going to handle that? That everything you do in such a small window of playing and also a small group of players that if you decide that you want to do something that could expose you um, negatively in, in this pandemic, then maybe this isn't for you right now. Mm-hmm. So that maybe you want to come back in another season when things are a little closer to normal, and then do it. So if you don't think you can abide by the mask wearing and the social distancing and all of that, um, then you know we will bear, bear no ill will on you, um, especially if you're going to be a returning player for next year. We understand. 
And so that was laid out very clearly. And also that if you decided to opt out, and we did have players opt out. Yeah, so the next question, the kid or the players who decided, no, I want to sit out this this. Yeah, this and uh, we made it very clear to them that this will have no bearing on your future career, especially as an underclassman, that, hey, you know, you live with your grandparents. You live with an older aunt and uncle. You're going to be around them. Uh, you're, you're going to have to travel because of this, that, and the other thing uh, coming up. Uh, you know, we had a younger uh, underclassman had to travel, and uh, by the time he got quarantined on the way back, you know, he would have lost three quarters of this season. So we laid out all the parameters. You know, here's the start. It was basically February 1st. They might have got delayed a few days there. And then we're going to go fast forward, you know, in some instances to – February 28th. Today is the last day for some schools in this area to play, play this winter season. We have another, I believe it's two weeks to go, at least one week that I definitely know about because we have games. <laughs> so, um, you know, if, if you can be responsible in these six weeks, you know, which is a lot to ask of, you know, 14 to 17 and 18 year olds sometimes, you know, uh, then, then that's the first hurdle. And then the basketball part of it, it will take care of itself. And, uh, the only real change we did once was selecting the teams was we kept, since we normally would have a freshman team, uh, we didn't have a, we don't have a freshman team this year was that we kept extra players on the JV in case some of the players on the varsity, you know, if we had a small quarantine happening, maybe we lost three, four, five players that we could have dipped into the JV. Mm-hmm. The JV team could have kept going. So we kept a larger roster of JV players that were freshmen and basically told them they were going to be practice players and, you know, they'll be able to dress for the games, especially home games, et cetera, et cetera. And that's kind of worked out as well. Thankfully, we haven't had to use it. But um, now they get to, you know, at least be a part of the team and be a part of it because for a lot of these kids, this is the only time they're coming out of their house yeah. because they're at home all the time. Let me, so, let me pause you there, Coach. We're talking, of course, with Coach X. We're talking about what it's like to coach high school basketball uh, during the pandemic. And he's obviously sharing the insight, his insights with us and being very candid about it. Let me take a timeout. When I return, we'll, we'll take some calls as well, of course, one 337 6666 Stay with me. New York's number one, Sports Radio, 1019. Hey, we're talking uh, this morning with Coach X. Coach X, obviously it's not his real name, longtime high school varsity basketball coach in our area, and he's one of the he's one of the brave souls who has returned to the gym and his and the coaching sidelines over the last few weeks. Uh, we keep his identity in check in exchange for his honest and, and straightforward answers. And we're taking your calls at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. And coach, before I get to the calls. I, you just outlined very, very nicely about how you dress the kids uh, when they return to the practice, uh, you know, arena uh, in the last few weeks. Was there any communication that went out to the parents, or were you putting this all on the kids to talk to the parents? No, uh, we also talked to the parents as well, and you know, thank God uh, for the app, apps that the school has in place now to deal with them. So the same application that the families use to sign their kid up for a sport um, is now the way we can communicate with them as a group 
and that made our life so much easier. And it continues because we can use the same application to send out emails to just say the JV of the varsity or, or just the JV and varsity parents or all the parents. And so that, you know, once we got, you know, to the point where, okay, here's the team, um, we sent out, uh, an email to that group and it outlined what it was going to be like. And, um, you know, we, we got very little, uh, response from it, which was good. That's what we, what we <laughs> wanted, you know, so we laid it out very clearly that this is how it was going to be. And, um, but having that application for not only communicating with the kids and, 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 you know, the athletic staff, you know, so-and-so doesn't have this in, then we had to get to, you know, then right before we started, there was a new COVID code of contact put in. So that had to be signed by both the player and the, and the parent. So all of those things were within one application. And, you know, for us as coaches, we just looked at it and all, when all of them turned green, then little Johnny was ready to play. And that made it so much easier for us. So we didn't have to really, you know, did you hand it, you know, bring the paperwork in? Did we scan it? No. Oh, here you go. So having that application was, has been a tremendous asset for us. And I just want to briefly go through this uh, before we get to the calls in a second. But, you know, the fact is, Kids are obviously wearing face masks throughout the entire practice. They have to drink from their own bottles. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're cautioned uh, in, to be socially distant, a lot of sanitizer, so on and so forth. Uh, and obviously this continues into the games. Uh, the parents are, you told me the parents are not allowed to go to the games, but they can watch the, the games that are live streamed. I mean, it's just a whole different way of, of watching your kid play sports in high school. It's not ideal. But it's better than nothing. Okay, let's let's get to some of our callers. Our first one up is uh, from uh, Coach Mike Spina, uh, who's been on the show during the pandemic, talking about his experiences as well, coaching out in, in Long Island. Mike, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Coach X. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, just want to say that everything that Coach X is saying is basically what's happening all over the state and definitely in Nassau County. Um, there are some differences. Um, our school, and I'm the girls' varsity basketball coach, uh, we have had testing. Um, we had actually a test the other day for all athletes that are playing the fall sports, but with the winter sports, we had a test before one of our games. Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely some challenges. Uh, you know, you talk to the girls every single day um, about the decisions that they make. Um, same thing, we do the screenings. They have they added the covid you know, part of the, what we call the blue form, which is the athletic, you know, contract that they have to sign. And, you know, we were able to successfully finish our season yesterday um, with no issues. Um, There are some schools that definitely had, you know, some minor issues, but overall, I will say in Nassau County, the success rate for girls and boys basketball um, was good. And it was great because you know that I've been a big advocate of getting these kids back on the court. You know, I'm going to be 55 years old and, you know, I do have a stent. So I do have, you know, a little bit of a health condition where I had to be smart. I spoke to my cardiologist before I decided to coach again this year. And, you know, I did get uh, two vaccines. I actually had my second one on Friday Mm -hmm. and, you know, it was brutal after. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I had to miss yesterday's game because I sat in bed with 102, almost 103 fever all day. But like I've said all along, I'm going to do whatever it takes just to get these kids back on a court. Mike, I tell you, uh, again, you're, you're – 
you're one, as I said, one of the courageous souls like Coach X and, uh, you know, thousands of other coaches who have said, you know what, uh, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. I want to do something for these kids who have been cooped up at home for the last year. Uh, and there are complications, as you said. I mean, you know, you have to get that vaccination. As you said, there have been reports of, of, a, of a nasty uh, reaction to that second shot. Uh, but, again, this is what coaches have to do in order to, uh, to, to persevere and get through this. Mike, thanks for, for checking in. As always, I appreciate uh, your, your calls and your comments. Uh, you know, and, and Coach X, uh, let me ask you this, um, because in light of what Mike Spina had just mentioned and what he went through and what you've been going through in terms of the hoops and hurdles, uh, have the kids themselves, and I know that the teenagers who play sports, you know, I, I'm sure they have come away from this experience thinking to themselves, I guess I can no longer take something which has always been a major part of my life, a given as playing sports. Now it's not, I can't assume that anymore. It can be taken away. Um, have, have the kids themselves, have any of them come up to you and for lack of a better expression, either shown their gratitude or thank you and your, your associates for coming back to coach them? Uh, yeah, I mean, our, our group of seniors have been so thankful that they got this because it didn't look like it was going to happen. And they, to the, to each of them have expressed and shown by their, you know, preparation in practice and intent, tenderness to detail and things like that, that they are very thankful that this is happening. And, and when we had our senior night the other day, um, I noticed on all their little comments about all of them, that was the first thing they said that they were just so thankful and that they learned that they cannot take anything for granted, uh, both on and off the court and that, uh, they were all generally overjoyed by the opportunity. Um, and even that's, uh, you know, uh, the first time I got to actually see some of the parents, cause we've had little to no contact, especially in person with any of the parents. And we had a, our senior night and the seniors, parents came into the gym to take some pictures um and at least i got afterwards to talk to them for a few minutes and they had nothing but praise and appreciation for everything that we're doing and you know the fact that we able to offer the games all of the games so far on a streaming platform they're just ecstatic so it really it really is building a nice community within the parents of how appreciative they are and the yeah, kids. Yeah, as I said, that, that has to be a wonderful takeaway, uh, sort of an unusual uh, side effect of the pandemic that uh, the kids are so appreciative of what you're doing to help them and to, to get the season underway. And he said the parents, and again, just to, again, I, I know every district is different, but uh, and every state's different, but uh, in this particular situation, the parents are not allowed to go to the games, but at least they're able to watch uh, a live stream of the events. The only people in the gym are the players, the uh, the coaches, the the referees working the game, and some school uh, chaperones, uh, you know, security. But it's you're playing in front of an empty gym. Let's continue with our calls. Let's go to uh, Jack Smithland over in Fairlawn. Coach Jack, what do you think about to Coach X and what he's going through? Well, you know, it's it it it's a it's a weird thing because, you know, coach is indoors. I mean, his whole season is indoors. Mm -hmm. You know, um I I'm one of the lucky ones and you know, but what I how I treat myself might not be the same way I treat my own children. You know, uh, I would not want my child playing indoors right now and I know it's a very tough situation. 
you know, and, but if it's done safely, you know, I'm, I'm coaching now at New Jersey City University in Jersey City. And, you know, the head coach there, Ashley Martinez, is doing an unbelievable job with indoor practices. The school itself is following every guideline. You know, everybody must wear a mask. Um, we can actually, in our practices, we can actually stay six feet apart and never even get close together if that's what we choose to do, which is what we usually do. Um, like I said, everybody wears a mask the total time that they're in the, in the gym. Um, we do it in pods. We do it in small groups, basically. I work with only one child or one athlete at a time. Um, and, you know, the whole program is just done so well. The school itself, we as coaches can be tested twice a week. The players are tested every week. So, you know, we're at a college that do have the, that does have some of the money to spend that most high schools do not. Right. Um, you know, like I said at the beginning, what I choose to do with myself is one thing. You know, you talked about your checklist, Coach X, and my checklist is whether I'm breathing or not. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, co- coaching, coaching is in my blood. I'm 70, I'm going to be 70 years old. I've been coaching for 46 years. I think this is my 46th year of coaching. And, you know, it's something that's just, you know, makes me who I am. And, and, you know, and a lot of people understand that and a lot of people don't. And it's something that just, you know, doesn't go away. And I can imagine what it is for you. But, you know, just because now yesterday I've been coaching all along since the fall without a vaccine, without being vaccinated. Yesterday I got my first shot. And it's basically, it's, it's such a weird feeling that walking out of the facility, I actually felt relieved a little bit. And I know that it's not oh, a yeah. I agree. effect for I a agree. while. Yep. But, you know, you, you get that, you get that sense of there's, now there's a shield around you possibly, but you cannot let down your guard. Exactly. Even though you're vaccinated, you still keep six feet as, as often as possible. And I can, in the, in the situation that I'm in, I can stay six feet away from my players. I work one at a time. I throw from behind an L screen that's 10 to 15 feet away. You know, they pick up the balls, you know, and it's a situation that you have to be safe. Now, people always ask me, if your kids were playing right now in high school, you know, indoors, you know, wrestling, and one was a wrestler, and they both indoor track runners, and they played basketball, no, they wouldn't be playing right now. They really wouldn't be. And that's my feeling. Now, people say, well, isn't that hypocritical? Well, no, it's not. Because what I, what I do for myself is not what I would do for my children. My children have their whole life to live. You know, yeah. I don't. You know, and I have this in my blood, in my system, where I just, you know, it's there and it's not going away. And that bothers my wife very often. But you know what? It, it, it's who I am. And I... I commend every single coach that's out there you know i commend you know you for being indoors and you know what this show brings it brings a knowledge to all these people that get in your face that want to be you know uh, a bothersome to you that you know oh my kid needs to play now they understand how hard it is for that high school basketball coach they really do it's not an easy job and this virus made it 10 times harder i so, agree Jack, congratulations on doing a great job, Coach. You know, you. like I said, where I'm coaching at college, New Jersey City University, they do an unbelievable job. Unbelievable. The kids are tested regularly. The coaches are tested every week. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just a different situation than being at the high school level. 
And well, once Jack, again, me, thank you so much for your service. Jack, thank, thank, let me stop you, you there because I, 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 uh, I'm looking at a break here in a second. But thank you, as always, for your, your good thoughts and, and goodwill. Coach, uh, we talked about the hoops and hurdles and the things that they go through. I mean, again, just to run the things that were taken for granted during the course of a, a traditional high school basketball game. Uh, and, again, we don't have to go into great detail on this, but the fans, parents, listeners should know that, for example, we know there's always, every year, there's always a paucity of referees and officials to work the games. Of course, that's been cut in half even more dramatically because a lot of those refs are people who are retired. Finding refs and officials to work games in a pandemic is extremely difficult. Uh, and, of course, they're working the games uh, wearing masks as well, uh, you know, whether they're trying to blow a whistle uh, under a mask or they're using an electronic uh, whistle. It's all very challenging going on the road to play, you know, a road game again the busing situation making sure the kids are socially distanced on the buses when you get to where you're going you, you know the kids theoretically you want them to spend as little time as possible in the in the the locker room because again a concern about uh, germs and the spread again basketball is a high-risk sport and you're playing indoors as uh, Jack Smithland just mentioned there are a lot of things going on and you know even the basic stuff like in basketball if you have a kid twist an ankle or, 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 or in a situation gets a bump or bruise uh, you know the athletic trainer has to do his or her job to make sure things are okay within the confines of saying uh, you know stay safe in terms of the pandemic this is complicated stuff and again um, it's still moving ahead. I mean, uh, the, yeah, you're playing games. You're playing games for real, uh, and the kids obviously are enjoying this, 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 this chance to show their stuff. It's as simple as that. All right, let me let me take a timeout. We're talking with Coach X. Uh, I have calls to get to when I return. One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Sports Radio one zero one nine FM. The Fan. W F A N. At uh, 9 o'clock this morning, following the Sports Edge, well, we are getting closer and closer to spring training games. And at 9 this morning, Ed Coleman and Sweeney Murdy will be along. And they'll be talking, of course, about the Mets and the Yankees and warm temperatures and sunshine and baseball. So make sure you stick around and listen to, uh, to Ed and Sweeney. You can always follow me on Twitter at AskCoachWolf. And you can go to my website at AskCoachWolf.com. You can always contact me there. Uh, and you also find and uh, discover all sorts of sports parenting resources Right now, this morning, we're talking uh, with Coach X. We're talking about what it's like to actually go back and coach high school varsity basketball players during the pandemic. And we're, it's quite frankly, to me, a very, uh, well, quite frankly, it's a, an uplifting and inspirational story. We know how difficult it is to coach at any level uh, during a regular situation. But during the pandemic, well, quite frankly, this takes some courage. Simple as that. And one thing that's curious about all this conversation so far is we really haven't talked about you know, concerns of winning or losing, uh, and, and that's that's curious unto itself. But let's get back to the calls, as promised. Let's move on to Fort Lee, New Jersey. Uh, John is standing by. Uh, uh, John, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Thanks, guys. How you doing, Coach X? Um, I, I have two comments. Um, I've been coaching, again, North Jersey. Uh, we're, we're in the last week of our season. We look like we're going to get to our 15-game limit. Um my own son is on our team. He's on our JV team. He's a freshman, and I never thought about not having him play. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this means the world to him, just like it does to every other kid. These kids aren't getting it at practice or in games. These kids are getting it when they go to parties, when they go with different family groups or maybe travel. That That's how people get are getting this. Our team has stayed together. I would never do that to my son. The situation we're in, he doesn't do the other stuff. He comes to practice, goes to games. He is He needed this more than anything. But my other point is, I think as adults, we can learn something from kids here because adults hate change. We hate change. I see in the workplace, but if you, if you move somebody's desk one uh, room over, you know, people go absolutely insane. Call the union, do this, do that. <laughs> we, ask, we ask these kids to do something different. Let me tell you something. It took them about two days to adjust. They come in now, they lift their hair up, I hit them with the, uh, you know, the temperature check, they have the paper with them, they go in the gym, they sit in their spot, they do what they're supposed to do. It, it took the kids about two days. Here I was, like, too, as an adult, you know, I'm worried, uh, you know, Coach X was saying, that there's this test, there's, you know, you got to send out this to the parents, you got to do this, you got to do that, you know, and that's our job. That's not the kid's job. They just come, they want to be there, they listen. They haven't complained about one thing. And, and again, as adults, I think we could learn something from this. John, those are good points, and I think that's uh, the way you present this, the fact that, uh, yes, as we age, we tend to be a little more cautious, a little more conservative. We don't like change, but the kids, uh, obviously, because they are young and uh, are eager to want to go back and play and to participate and get out of the house, uh, I think that's exactly why they are so fresh and eager to do what they have to do. I also think it's, and again, I can't prove this, but I think your theory about the fact that the kids don't necessarily get the uh, the virus from their teammates, but from other situations, other social encounters, uh, whether it's, uh, you say, you know, either the fr- other friends who don't play sports, who knows, but clearly they are paying attention when it comes to being on the court, and, and um yeah, that makes a lot of sense. John, thank you for the call. Uh, Coach X, let's, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, uh, the, the, the kids themselves, you just outlined as well, these kids are very attentive. They're, they're, they obviously are eager to be there. Um, they obviously want to go back and compete and play. You did tell me the other day that they're, they're well, in terms of the game itself, they're a little rusty. They don't necessarily, the, the free throw shooting is off. Their, their percentage of accuracy from the, from the court, that's a little off. That also do with the fact they just haven't played much, correct? Uh, that's it, Rick. And, and no off-season whatsoever. Um, you know, most of the kids that are actual basketball players year-round, um, they're playing AU and travel and all these different things. And nobody's done, there's been very limited AAU stuff happening. Um, so they're just, yeah, they're rusty, even though these, you know, where we coach is, uh, we have some great athletes and they're in, they're in athletic, they're in shape, but they're not in basketball athletic shape. And then you put a mask on their face. And I mean, our style of play normally would have a lot of players playing anyway. So we've just kept that up, but now we just play them in shorter, uh, spurts. And, um, but we've had some kids just, you know, we said, please don't hesitate, put your hand up, whether it's practice or a game and take a break. And we have places for them to go that they will be six, 12 feet away from them. So they can take the mask off or they have to drink water or, you know, even go out to get some fresh air. You know, we, we have all that protocol in place to do all those things. And those things are important. And, you know, 
if we happen to get one more point than the other team, so be it. That's great. But really, it's just about uh, just being getting the chance to be competitive, and I think that's what they really appreciate. And to the other coaches' uh, point, it's funny because you know they we've trained them very quickly because they come in the same entrance every single day, which is not the normal entrance. They get scanned, and then they go to a place in the gym. Uh, you know, where there is a cone and that's their spot for practice where they have their clothes and their water. And now we don't even have to say it. They just go there. And uh, it, they're a lot more adaptable than we probably would be <laughs> if, if we were presented the same thing. So, you know, yeah, I have to say, you know, that's been a great thing. And Rick, I, I cannot underestimate, you know, what we're doing. Sometimes we're in the gym for four or five hours if we have a game or we're there for multiple team practices. But what the teachers are doing in the classroom, having to teach to a, a computer screen and to five or six kids maybe in the class, and then the next day it's another group of kids, and the other kids are there, and the kids are on their computers, and uh, you know they may, you know, I have a, a very close friend who's teaching freshmen, and she hasn't even met some of the kids yet, and you know it's it's. Their job is a thousand times harder than ours. And the other thing that we've had the opportunity to do is we've had some players, because of their home situations, where they just have not been able to do any schoolwork at the level they normally would. And the fact that we've been able to get them out of the house for two hours, and then maybe we'll keep them around maybe plus or minus before practice or after practice to work with one of our coaches who is a teacher to get them going to get a game plan to get their schoolwork done. And those parents have been extremely appreciative because they've been able to get a distraction for their kids and also get them back on point because obviously the priority is school first. Yeah, I just want to echo your sentiments about the teachers. And if I haven't said this enough uh, over the last year or so, I, I just want to remind everybody, yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. The teachers, this has just been uh, a, just a, a brutally demanding year uh, on them, not just in terms of trying to teach kids virtually, but in some cases obviously being back in the classroom. Uh, I mean, abiding by all the safety protocols, it is, it's got to be an impossible chore, and yet uh, they're, they're doing it and, 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 and doing, making the best of a very bad situation. And, and of course, the coaches, uh, the same thing. I mean, it does, I said, I started the show by saying it takes a certain amount of courage to go back into, uh, into a, a facility, an indoor gym uh, for a high-risk sport, whether it's basketball or wrestling and uh, football will be starting soon. I mean, the fact is this is difficult because we're talking about a life-or-death situation, and particularly with people over the age of 40 or 50 who have some medical concerns, this is something you got to think about because, you know, this is, this is again, life-or-death situation. And I'm just so thrilled and happy to hear that the kids – uh, are are responsive. They're they're adapting. They get it. They understand. This is all about being responsible and being accountable, not just to themselves, but to their their friends and teammates and to their coaches and to the teachers. And that's all good news because, quite frankly, this is this is complicated stuff. Um, Hopefully, we'll get to a point in the next year or so we get back to the so-called good old days where all these, you know, screenings and testings and protocols can be sort of put off to the side, but that's not going to happen for a while yet. Let's, uh, let's get back to our callers. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Louie over in Lindbergh. Uh, good, morning, good morning, Louie. You're next up on the fan. Good morning, Rick. You're the voice of reason. <laughs> uh, I'd just like to say hello to you and uh, Coach X. And uh, 
just mentioned that I, I'm a head soccer coach at Vaughn College as well as also coaching uh, lacrosse on a high school level at O'Neill High School. My yep. team was uh, section champions. One of the things that people don't understand is the coaching courses that you have to take. You have to take first aid, CPR, AED, child abuse identification workshop, school violence prevention and intervention workshop, training and harassment with bullying, cyberbullying, discrimination in school prevention and intervention, that's called DASA, workshop and fingerprint clearance, COVID, concussion course, philosophy, principles, organization of athletics and education, health science related to coaching, theory and techniques of coaching. And let me tell you, people think you just take one or two courses and you coach. It isn't that way. It's a, it's a commitment. It's a time commitment that all the coaches have to make me included to be certified in New York State. And then you have to recertify yourself every year that you do this. It isn't easy. Believe me, we make tremendous sacrifice. It's not even worth the money that we make to do this. Well, Lou, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, for years I've pointed out to, to parents in particular uh, that, you know, uh, th there's a real disconnect because if you're if you're working in a high school and you just went through a litany of all the various courses and, and, and protocols and testing and so on and so forth, certification that high school coaches have to go through, on a regular basis. But if you're coaching at, at a travel or a club team, uh, none of that stuff applies. I mean, some club team programs do have, you know, programs in place to try to educate their coaches and so on and so forth, but it's not mandated. It's not, they all work outside the, the, the New York State or New Jersey or Connecticut or Pennsylvania, you know, state because they're not working for, for those uh, educational organizations. They're working as, uh, quite frankly, uh, entrepreneurial ventures. And I always caution parents, you know, if your kid's going to play in a travel or club team, make sure you do your homework to find out what kind of certifications or, or background or whatever you can find out about the coaches because quite frankly it's sort of you're on your own it's as simple as that and 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 Lou as you point out all the things you just went through are just <laughs> coaches have to deal with during a regular season but it just gets even more complicated as coach X has pointed out during the course of a pandemic uh, Lou thank you as always for your, your good thoughts appreciate it uh, you know and, and coach X I, I just you know I guess I should ask you this because I have gotten some, uh, I guess this is sort of an awkward way of saying this, but somehow I've gotten some emails in the last week or so which is quote-unquote encouraging because parents are now beginning to focus once again on what I consider to be traditional issues of high school sports. They'll be asking me about, gee, uh, my, my kid is not getting enough playing time, or the coach seems to have a, a personal vendetta against giving my kid a chance to play, which means to me that maybe the parents are getting back into the sense of my kid is now playing high school sports again. But I have to ask you, um, have you had any parents come to you or, or talk to you or express to you either, you know, uh, via email or whatever, that, that they're concerned about their kids' playing time? No, we haven't seen any of that yet. Um, and I've actually asked some of the other coaches we've played against a similar type of question, and and so far that hasn't been an issue. Um, so, you know, thankfully, I think I think, the, and, and like I said, the only contact I have had, which is very limited, yeah. um, uh, you know, aside from a straight email here or there, that it's just been all positive and that they really do appreciate what we're doing and some of the things that we uh that we've been accomplishing.
Yeah, I, I, friends, I should also point out as well, and again, I realize I cloak all this with Coach X in some sense of mystery, but he coaches at a uh, a large uh, public high school, and uh, you know, it, it's it's a very it's a school known for outstanding athletic programs. They have an outstanding athletic director, uh, and and they they are serious about sports there. So trust me when I tell you that these kids are are eager to go out and compete and to do their thing, and. Um, the team has uh, won some games this year and lost a few games, but clearly they have more games to come. I, I, I know they're not going to be in the uh, playoffs and that kind of stuff, but uh, are, are going to be. Uh, I'm just curious: are they going to be in the All League or All Star teams after a very uh, short season? Well, that, I mean, a lot of that stuff is handled by the press anyway. But um, I, that part, a lot of it after you know our last scheduled game of next Saturday has been kind of uh we really haven't heard anything definitive yet yeah. uh, a couple of athletic directors have mentioned that there have been some surveys put out about how they they're talking about taking our pod lack of better terms um and then playing the pod that's you know just to the west of us um and then you know and then it really will also the other thing is some of these schools may opt out of this little playoff situation where it's a one and done and there might be six or eight teams and then you play, you know, you rank us one to eight, you play a little tournament. Hopefully that's what's going to happen. And that way maybe you'll get an extra game or two out of it depending on how successful you are. And I know they did something similar to that in soccer and that was, you know, successful so that, the, you know, they did have a championship, but it, you know, our area is divided right now into eight or ten different little conferences that are not our normal conferences. And, you know, we could be playing a much bigger school, a much smaller school. And I think that is a possibility. But even that hasn't, you know, here we are less than a week of the season to go, and that hasn't even been officially mandated to us that's going to happen. All we know is that we could play 12 games before this particular date. We're going to play 11, and hopefully, and that's it. That's all we know right now because a week from Monday, the in our area, the fall two season starts. So now we'll yeah. be in competition with football and volleyball. There'll be overlap for sure. Well, yeah. Coach X, uh, my sincere thanks, uh, as always, uh, for coming on the show. I, I wish you uh, and your team continued success and, most importantly, good health to you and all of your coaching colleagues uh, as we continue to, to battle the COVID pandemic. But we are making progress, that's for sure. And as noted, if nothing else, the pandemic has taught us all as coaches and as parents that are athletes that we should never take our, our sports for granted. Coach X, thanks. Uh, we'll check with you again down the road. Thanks, Rick. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks uh, this morning to Ed Arzuman. Please stick around for, for Sweeney and Ed. They're up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.